Welcome to the Offseason Podcast. My name's Sean. I'm here with my co-hosts, Petty and Dre, and we've created a show that straddles the line between the creative and health and wellness communities to spotlight the similar conversations we saw happening in both circles. It's a platform for storytelling, exploration, and learning for anyone who wants to grow, reflect, and take advantage of the off-season. In today's episode, we explore attachment theory. Attachment is a truly human experience, and we hope that by sharing our stories, you'll feel empowered to reflect on the role attachment plays in your life. Let's get to work. Who's kicking it off? I mean, I think same way we would do every <laughs> other time, right? Like, how you guys feeling today? <laughs> How are you feeling, Betty? I'm uh, feeling, I'm all over the place. It's been a crazy week. So moving and a lot of little like little things, like something like me going Lulu, just trying to figure that out. There's just a lot on the plate and getting settled. And I'm like, okay, once I get, I feel calm and things are over and I get a good sleep and whatnot, I go, that will, that'll be nice just to, to do that, right? So this is, it's actually nice to be in a space and just like kind of more leisure at our mm. pace um, so I'm looking forward to this for that. How about you guys? I'm good. I, uh, I haven't been sleeping great, but, uh, I've been trying similar to you to organize my life and the past few days have been good in that sense. I feel like I'm starting to get into a bit of a routine, starting to track my tasks and, and habits as well. Um, and that's been really helpful to look at, you know, the outset of each day, um, where my energy is required versus where it's not, things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm good. What about you, Dre? I feel really calm. I can sense yeah. that from you. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. The moment I saw you, like sometimes you go... And you start waving your arms when you see someone. I'm like, okay, she's got energy today. Today it was just a simple hey, wave. And I'm like, okay, she's, wave. yeah, she's chilling. Yeah, I just feel really calm. Um, I don't really know why. Jeez. I think just like I had a really good morning. It was a slow morning, which is one of my favorites, where I just like, you know, got up when I needed to get up, like had coffee and listened to a podcast and then went on like an extra long walk with Maya and that was really it. Like that's all I did this morning and it felt amazing. Um, the past couple of days have been productive as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of chilling. sounds like the right break and needed rest for product, like after a productive thing, right? It's like a nice interval for you almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I just like, I'm starting to get a better understanding of like my waves of energy and just like letting them dip when they want to dip rather than like trying to be that person that's like, I got energy because I'm normally the person that shows up with energy. So just kind of letting it be what it's going to be for that day. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that's exactly what I was going to say. It sounds really nice. Yeah. 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 So I'm pretty calm. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this conversation today. Okay, so kick us off then. Yes. What have you been thinking about, Trey? Well, I think we all know what I've been thinking about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about today's conversation because of Thursday's call that we had about like who kicks us off, who like provides the direction and all that. Um, And it got me thinking about like why 
this particular topic that we're going to get into is like such a baby to me and like why I feel so passionate about it um, and kind of just reflecting on like when did that start and why. So that's something that I eventually like want to get into. But outside of that piece, like I've just been really curious actually to hear from the two of you more so because I think it'll be helpful to see different perspectives and understand like your relationship to the topic just because I feel like very deep in it. That's kind of where my thoughts have been. Well, that's good. So let's get into the topic then. So Dre, you brought up to us a couple weeks ago the idea of, or the love, I guess I would say, of Mm -hmm. attachment theory and how invested you are in learning about the topic, thinking about the topic, learning um, how it applies to you. And so that's kind of what we're going to get into today, which is deep, um, but exciting as well, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess from the start, let's just explore what attachment theory is. So Wikipedia defines the attachment theory as a psychological, evolutionary, and ethological theory concerning relationships between humans. The most important tenet is that young children need to develop a relationship with at least one primary caregiver for normal social and emotional development. And All right. uh, the, I guess the four types of attachment, the attachment styles, are secure, anxious, ambivalent, disorganized, and avoidant. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so of those which ones resonate i guess for me it would be anxious um slash secure i always struggle with this because it's situational for me and i think it is for most people so even though i think the study says something like 70 percent of people are secure Mm -hmm. at it seems like a big number but it fluctuates and so um there are moments there are relationships where i'm very secure and there are others where I may start secure and then become anxious or I'm just anxious from the jump. So those are definitely my attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm disorganized, which would be kind of flip-flopping between anxious and avoidant. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same. I yeah. were disorganized and then I was like, oh, I might be a little anxious, but disorganized almost has both in there in a little way. Yeah. Yeah, and like to Sean's point, like it actually came up in a conversation I had in therapy this week about looking at attachment styles um, as being dynamic because I agree. Mm. Like I don't think it is static. Like even people that are quote unquote secure, if you were to look at like the axis, axis, um, they probably lean like secure a little bit more anxious or secure a little bit more avoidant. And I do Mm. think it depends on like who you're interacting with um, because that's definitely something that I noticed um, as well as like in noticing the flip-flop and you could flip-flop within the context I think of the same relationship Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. and it just you know I think at the end of the day it's just like understanding yourself and what you're doing Mm -hmm. and then what the other person's doing and how do you kind of like come back to common ground? Yeah, I like point. that a lot because I do think that, I mean, the hope would be that even if I'm anxious uh, by nature, 
that I can get to a place of security, right? Like that's yes. the hope. Yes. Mm. So, um, but you can't do that unless you take the time to understand your actions, what's triggering the anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree. So Dre, I'm curious, like you've clearly spent a lot of time talking, thinking, sorry, about this topic. So like, I'd love for you to kind of explain to us where you're at with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important to start like at the beginning. Um, because, yeah, I was thinking about it a lot, as I do. And I was like, where did this even come from? Like, why why such a deep dive on this particular topic? And although I can't pinpoint, like, the exact moment where it was, like, presented to me, let's say, in therapy or anything like that, I do know that it was kind of the start of the pandemic, to be honest, like, back, like, March, April 2020. And I did this deep dive because it stemmed from a lot of hurt that had been experienced. And it wasn't just in like personal life. I also like lost my job in the pandemic. And so I was kind of looking at everything and I was questioning everything. Mm -hmm. And I guess to Sean, your point earlier, like I almost saw attachment as like a bit of an answer, like a bit of a map to be like, here's the direction, like figure out what your style is, look at past relationships, like look at where you're at now, like where you want to be, what is it going to take to move into more of like an earned secure attachment style and like do the work. And the first thing that I came across, like people may recommend like the book Attached. It is a good book. I recommend reading it. But I actually looked at a lot of like podcasts and Mark Groves, if anyone's familiar, is like awesome. I love that he's like a no bullshitter and Canadian too is he? Yeah. yeah cool I think West Coast Vancouver, Vancouver yeah. yeah he's great um I was listening to this podcast and it was all about attachment theory and not only did it kind of give me an insight as to like what it all is talking about the study um the different styles and all of that but it also came with an exercise which I did mm. and so once you kind of identify like yourself or what you think your style is you know lots of people can turn to quizzes and everything which is like a resource in itself but that's what i did yeah but definitely like (laughs) and it's helpful it is but i feel like it also could trap you too a little bit Mm -hmm. into thinking that you're just one to Mm -hmm. the point about it being dynamic and so you really need to look at previous behavior and current behavior and so the exercise was like three questions and it was um to look at past relationships and in this context it was for like romantic so like romantic relationships or experiences whatever you want to call it you can do whatever you want um and the first question was like to answer what happened so what happened in that relationship if it fell apart like what happened um and just point blank just answer that question the second question was to look at like how did you show up in that relationship or experience And that's where you start to like, okay, Mm -hmm. be honest with yourself, be objective. Like, how did you show up? And the third question was like, what was the learning that came out of that experience? And when I went through this whole exercise, I really started to notice the pattern. I was like, okay, I'm showing up the same or I'm attracted to the same type of person or it's the same needs that are not being fulfilled. Like you really got to see the pattern like on this page as I was doing this exercise. Um, 
And what I notice is that for probably the first like 20 something years of my life, I was very, very avoidant, like, and rooted in fear, like fearful avoidant. Um, and it's been interesting as I've like been breaking some of that down that I would say in the past two years, I've like switched and out. I'm a lot more anxious. And I think it's almost like trying to not be something that then you kind of somehow become something else. And you're like, okay, so I haven't met secure yet. Like I'm kind of dancing around it. Um, but I have an understanding of like what I'm doing. And I think that's what attachment theory really does. It helps with like self-awareness and understanding your needs mm -hmm. as well as like other people if they're willing to share that. Or maybe you start to be so good that you can recognize the behaviors of the different st styles within other people that you're interacting with. And so that's kind of where things like really started is like I listened to a podcast, I experienced a lot of hurt, I was really lost and I was just trying to figure out like who am I and like what am I doing that isn't working and how do I not do that anymore or how do I work away from that? And so and then I just kind of went into it like it was a lot of journaling, it was a lot of talking to people, it was a lot of putting up kind of like quote unquote like roadblocks or check-ins for myself that would serve as like reminders to not do certain things or to like think about what I was doing about a particular action before executing it to make sure if I was like pursuing something because I was coming from a secure place or was it coming from an insecure place and if the answer was it's coming from an insecure place well find a different outlet is kind of like what it came down to. Um, and so I just, I thought it was so interesting for understanding myself that I kind of just keep reading about it and keep learning about it. And I just, I want to learn about other people's styles as well and like their relationship to it, um, to see if it's helped them kind of navigate life in any way, the way it has for me. Yeah. It's interesting because I became familiar with attachment theory for some of the same reasons, like not necessarily triggered by the pandemic, but I caught myself repeating the same behaviors over and over with a, a particular partner and not nothing changing at the end of the day. And I remember up to a certain point in my life, I never had anxiety. It wasn't a, a sensation that I ever experienced or felt. And then with this person, all of a sudden, it became a part of my everyday to the point that like text messages would trigger that anxiety and things like that. And so I was also looking for something to explain what the hell's going on. And so that's where I started taking a deep dive uh, with some of these more, I guess, nuanced or like new age type of um, conversations because trust me, attachment theory was not part of my upbringing by any means or conversations that I had with family or friends. But, um, and so by reading that book attached that you had mentioned, it certainly gave me some perspective. It gave me some answers. Um, but it also gave me a little bit of a roadmap for how others are, um, and how to engage with them. So for me, um, it's certainly been helpful. I think application is everything and, and reading and learning about it is great, but until you start applying it, um, 
nothing's going to change. And so I have certainly felt things change in my life. I'm not as anxious as I, as I previously was, but I do have my moments. And so like you were saying, Dre, being able to catch myself in certain behaviors or doing things, chasing people, whatever it is that for whatever reason, my instinct is to do, um, being able to reel myself in and say, no, this is not good for you. Um, you need to stop and, and kind of doing it that way. So yeah, it's certainly been something for me, even just listening to you talk, like the anxious side of me is like, a, it's a very different experience than kind of what some of the things Dre was talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Patty, what about you? I mean, it's, it's, I think we all have very different perspectives on our, on how we were introduced to it. So I actually was introduced to it in uh, first year university. It's like 101, right? And mm-hmm. learning about it from a very like clinical perspective. And it's like, okay, cool, you learn it. And then I think the biggest thing is what you guys both touched upon is how it affects, how it actually people showcase it in their lives, right? And it's about dealing with people. So it's like, oh, one thing that I think, the thing that I've taken from it most is it's obviously not, like if I'm having an interaction with someone and they're showcasing some something or just not doing essentially what I want or what I expect, it has nothing to do with me and has a lot more to do with that, like the attachment theory in itself and like their style and maybe there's, they're uh, avoidant or maybe they're disorganized and it's just that has to do with them. But knowing how to, work with that and work around it because Mm -hmm. if I have to cross paths with someone or if I have to work with them then there's no point trying to like force anyone to do anything because if I if if I don't realize that I'm I could be triggering them and that actually might like push them further away and that's obviously not going to help anybody right Mm -hmm. so um that is the biggest thing I've I've gotten from it is like oh it's actually how it's shown up in just relationships or in my life and just in in general Mm -hmm. I was like oh the one thing that I do want to get more into is figure out my own attachment styles and why like I kind of know I know them but it's where they stem from and Mm -hmm. you're kind of work and unpack that but seeing in others I'm like oh yeah this makes a lot of sense I kind of see where you are on that and um, I don't need to know why you obviously that's like everyone's own personal journey of what and how and doing that work but when you can see it displayed allows you to kind of work best when you do um, cross paths and interact. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's almost like you started with others and now it's like getting you to look at yourself. Whereas I feel like I'm the opposite where I started with myself and I did such a deep dive on myself mm-hmm. that I was just like, I'm stuck in this cocoon. Like it's me. Yeah. Um, you can hear but, it. You can hear that in you too. Like you're very calm about it. Cause you're like, like you could see the evidence yeah, of like your like deep you're, dive. You're yeah. thoughtful with your responses. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Spends a lot of time with it. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is something that's been like more of a focus for me as I continue to learn about attachment is exactly that last point about like understanding the impact of your actions on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because let's say like one of my behaviors, uh, some may call it protesting behavior, um, would be to withdraw. Now, if you're an anxious person, like withdrawing could be you're trying to get the attention of something or someone. 
for me, when I withdraw, I'm coming from a more avoidant place. And it's, I need space. I need to think. Like, I can't, I can't solve whatever is happening. I'm overwhelmed by my own emotions in this particular moment. So I need to step back. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, let's say if, again, that's more of like a, an avoidant tendency. If the other person that I'm interacting with has an anxious attachment style, mm-hmm. me withdrawing is going to set them off. Yes. And so what can I do so that I get my space, but I also don't set off the other person? If I like if it's a meaningful friendship, relationship, whatever it is, like what can I do to kind of minimize that? And although like how they react is like their issue to kind of deal with it is but I guess because I care and I know what I'm doing and I've been on the other side of that like if I could say hey Sean let's say hey Sean um, I'm gonna take the next 48 hours to just take some space like I just need some time to think about whatever or like I've had a busy week I just need time to myself you now understand the why I'm withdrawing but if I just like poof and disappear, it gets people wondering what happened mm-hmm. or what's going on. Or is it me? Or like, does mm-hmm. it something I said? Is it all these things? And so like, I've been seeing that more and understanding that, you know, my actions, even though it could be positive for me, mm-hmm. could be very negative for somebody else. If And especially if they don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Not what you're explaining is already more than 95% of people do anyways, right? Like you're, the <laughs> yeah. fact that you're taking time to think about how your actions are going to affect somebody else is, yeah. you know, more than most people, what most people do. And I think that's the fascinating part about this is like, this is, these are all, what we're talking about are all experiences that we all deal with mm-hmm. interactions that we all deal with. And yet nothing's really changed. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it feels like, I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation is certainly proof that maybe it's not um, so below the surface anymore as it mm-hmm. used to be. But uh, it's interesting. Um, and I think like you had touched on something earlier about identity, essentially, and like mm-hmm. not wanting to let this attachment style define me. And I think mm-hmm. it's so important to acknowledge that these are just your, it's a way to define your tendencies on how you react, what triggers you, things like that. But it isn't who you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you have the power to deal with it, kind of like what you were just describing in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important, too, because, yes, I'm an anxious person in, you know, when it comes to attachment. But I've started to learn that I feel like I'm and I feel like I'm leaning a bit more secure because I've identified I find that most of my anxiety comes from conflict, not necessarily um, any other scenario, although I haven't taken the time to think, so maybe that's not true. <laughs> but uh, I just find for me in relationship, if something happens or there's conflict, that's where I'm like, I need to talk. I need to get this off my chest or I need us to address this. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. And it's like, if I'm dealing with somebody who's avoidant, it's yes. absolutely like the worst. That's just what to say. I because, like, right? yeah, it's yeah. the worst because I'm trying to have this conversation because that's what I need. 
they this other person's not trying to have a conversation because that. that's what they need. <laughs> they need the space. And so, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we, even... We need the space. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they even yes. say that like anxious and avoidant are not necessarily like the ideal pair. Oh, no. they're, they're, on opposite ends right? of the, yeah, they, they're on opposite ends of the quadrant. Yeah. Right? Oh, yes. Dre's got something to say. Yeah, yes. well, I have something to say because, again, it came up in conversation this week that like, okay, Petty, you and I can both lean avoidant sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And so we withdraw because we trust ourselves to fix or deal with what's going on on our own. Yes. So probably somewhere in our life, it was not demonstrated that you can figure that out with somebody else. Mm-hmm. That was my mm. learning of this week because like maybe someone who's anxious, you're like, hey, let's talk about this right now. And I'm like avoided and I'm like, I figure things out on my own. Like that's how things get resolved. Mm-hmm. Not with somebody else where I can like stay, which avoiding people, it's hard to stay. Mm-hmm. We want to run um, and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's like really good insight because I feel that also stems from kind of like when we talk now about personalities and um, mm-hmm. it's like I'm definitely someone who's more emotional, right? And in those situations. And so <laughs> when you're triggered, you reason you avoidant is because you want to avoid the conflict of an emotional like outburst de- yeah, and, yeah and that's really what it is is that you're mm-hmm. t- removing yourself so it doesn't get to that point where you don't mm-hmm. meet that threshold mm-hmm. right and that is the the style right it's like okay cool this is why we're remo- removing ourselves mm-hmm. but you're right we have to effectively communicate that to someone who be on the other opposite quadrant because mm-hmm. it'd be I guess it's not as maybe it's maybe it's not they're not as emotional or whatever it's mm-hmm. whatever it is it's they need some sort of reassurance on that yeah. end right well yeah. it's it's funny like as dre was explaining that scenario it brought me back to my childhood and my parents they made sure that we saw them resolving conflict mm-hmm it was always like if even we would know if they were they were going at it or they were fighting but we also saw the resolution. We saw them having the conversation. We saw them working it out. Um, if I was dealing with something, like my parents were like, we're here, we're gonna help you go through this. When I was bullied and things like that, they were very much involved in my conflict resolution. So mm-hmm. n- what you're saying makes complete sense for my experiences because mm-hmm. that being my childhood, of course, I'm, the expectation for me is that we're gonna work this out together. I'm not on my own. And so that's fascinating. I'd never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Well, even think about, let's say, our friendship and our work relationship. I sit and think on things a lot. And a lot of the time I come away (laughs) and I'm like trying to figure out the mastermind in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I come to Sean and I'm like, okay, this is what I was thinking on, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because it's really challenging for me to sit and think through it with him in the moment. Cause I'm mm-hmm. almost like, I don't know, like I'm not sure what I'm feeling. Like, I don't know if I trust to like solve this with you. Like, I'm not sure what's <laughs> okay. in, the, in, the mo- in, in the moment, moment. <laughs> in the moment, in the moment, that's in the very moment. clear. Cause in the moment Thank it's you. like, you need that, like almost the way your brain works is you need the, cl- you don't want more input. It's like, yes. okay, any additional yes. ingredients complicate everything. Whereas like, it you're makes just it more overwhelming. Yes. And you're like, just mm-hmm. trying to actually sit and taste test to be like, okay, Mm-hmm. We just need to see how where it's at and understand where it is, yes. and then we can add more things. Because yeah. the more you add, the more complex it gets. It adds more layers. Yeah, because right? so. if we're already overwhelmed by a situation, exactly, the more that you pile on top, it's like now we're like freaking out, and we're like, I don't know how to deal with this. Yes. Um, 
but I feel like it's the same with like anxious people mm-hmm. too, where they're just like, they're all ready to go. But you know, what if you took that 24 hours to calm down so that you could think consciously, like you may have a more productive and better conversation. But then my therapist countered me this week, which was really fun to hear. And she was like, everyone always thinks that it's like a one and done conversation. (laughs) And she's like, you can change your mind at any point. Like just because let's say us being avoidant, we don't want to have like a emotional outburst. Well, what if we did just let that happen? Mm -hmm. What would happen? Like, I don't know, maybe the person would be able to like take it or maybe you both have an emotional outburst and then you take your separate space, but it doesn't end there like you can have another conversation and be like you know what yeah i blew up the other day like Mm -hmm. let's try let's try again let's have a conversation but for whatever reason i feel like there's this block in people like us where it's like it has to be one conversation and that is like the be all end all and you're like locked and trapped in that well, it's like, like our, get it right it's the like first our, time or one person who's going to solve everything <laughs> exactly. right it's that one conversation that's <laughs> going to solve everything's one <laughs> yes. well, well it's, it's funny because dre's like like take 24 hours and calm down but for an anxious person, that's not how oh, it works. 24 hours is like, <laughs> no, an, well, five years. it's right? like, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying, yes. all I want to do is calm down and I'm going to calm down by having this damn conversation. <laughs> yes. So it's like, I totally get where yes. you're coming from, but like yeah. the person on the other side, we are not just chilling. Like, okay, we're going to talk soon. Like, it's yes. like, when no, am I going to hear from this person constantly? Yeah. And when I say anxious, it's like checking the phone every yes. five minutes. Have I got yeah. a text message? Is there a phone call? Mm-hmm. Like it is it. not a fun experience. I know. I've also no, been on that it. side. Never, I get it. Yeah, it's never. It never is. I get I, it. I think um, something I wanted to talk about that you brought up mm-hmm. earlier was um, what you've learned and what I've heard from your uh, experience with this and deep dive into it is you understanding attachment style at a deeper level and understanding others' attachment style just allows you to be more proactive versus reactive in in your interactions sometimes. well <laughs> more, yes sometimes when, sometimes when you choose to be proactive yeah right because yeah. you can kind of preface mm-hmm. any potential conflicts or anything with someone on the opposite end of this um mm-hmm. of the, the quadrant um by just saying like hey mm-hmm. this is what i do i need to take some time for xyz and then it's this mm-hmm. is it and for someone um i sean i guess you could speak to this one if for someone more anxious <laughs> it's like Someone saying that off the jump gives you that extra bit of information that you're like, oh, if you don't hear from someone in a little bit of time, it's like, oh, it's actually that. It's like almost makes a huge difference. Yes, mm-hmm. because then you get what you need, mm-hmm. but right off the jump, it's like, hey, this is how it's going to be. Cool. I think yeah. it's funny because as we've been having this conversation, the thing that comes to mind that that is most obvious to me is communication is key. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. right? Like if that if I'm dealing with someone who's avoidant and they say, I just need time to sit and think with this. Can you like give that to me? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden the anxiety goes away because I know why this person's avoiding me. The anxiousness and the anxiety comes from the not knowing. knowing. Yes. Not knowing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, I had a similar experience and this is why like, I understand the anxious side, John, (laughs) just in case you're like, I'm like, I have that side too. But you know, in relationships, when I noticed like I was acting a lot more anxious, it's because I was getting really worried about where somebody was. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize like 
that's what was fueling it. And so when you're like, okay, I'm at a 10 out of 10, but the next, I like communicated that to the other person and then they'd be like, leaving work, gonna go meet up with the guys. <laughs> like you won't hear from me till 10. I'm like, okay, cool. It's all good. <laughs> Come back down to like a five, you know, but if you don't know, your mind is, you know, although amazing, tell so many it's, stories yes. and then or if you're pulling from past experience like it's mm-hmm. hard yes. to get out of that rut and even yes. though we were talking about a little bit earlier about these check-ins they're great when you're thinking about it from a conscious place you try mm-hmm. abiding by those check-ins when you are triggered all of it goes out the window everything goes out the window everything when you're goes triggered. out the window when you're yes. triggered and like i get frustrated sometimes still like Definitely not perfect. Still very much figuring things out. But like I get frustrated with myself sometimes when I'm triggered because there are moments where I'm just like, you're making such a big deal out of nothing. Like stop, like stop. But you like can't. Mm -hmm. It's just you have to almost like let it ride a little bit until you do come back to a place where you're like, okay, let's think about this. Like what happened? How did you react? How did you show up? How did the other person Mm -hmm. show up? Like what can you do next time? And kind of go through all that thing and then like move forward. You have to go through it. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You You like can't halfway like get off the ride. You're (laughs) like, it's just coming. It's bumpy. It's It's like, oh, let me out. It's like, no, you want to get there? Yeah. You have to go through it. Yeah. But you mentioned too something that, that I had not necessarily thought of before, which is, the influence the technology has yes, because she's like, if I don't hear from you going out with the guys, you know, you won't hear from me till 10. There was a world where I didn't hear from you till you showed up at my door. Right. So so glad you brought it up. It's like, we are actually at the mercy of these devices Mm -hmm. and it's impacting things like human to human relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought it up because that was the first thing I thought about was, um, someone who I'm someone who hates talking over technology because we've almost created a a culture where you have to be almost accessible every moment if Mm -hmm. you know if I see you have your phone with you it's like oh you always have your phone on you it's like it doesn't mean I'm available for that conversation or for that space Mm -hmm. right why are you posting on social media without (laughs) responding to my text exactly right that's exactly a norm it's like why can you do that thing and not one Mm -hmm. but previously that wasn't a thing right you could only be in one you can only be present in one space at a time whereas like now because you are i guess connected to many different spaces you should be available or there's an uh i guess there's an expectation that you have to be available to do this at this time where it's like no like mm-hmm. like it, and i goes i think this goes back to setting boundaries right it's that's a very effective part and social media kind of blurs that or is like has really pushed boundaries almost out the window because you are available when it's like that is something like someone saying hey i'm gonna be here you i will be available at this time Mm -hmm. that should be like that communication that is happening and it's like oh how you react is your it's like that's your responsibility responsibility exactly Mm -hmm. well and Mm -hmm. and the technological side like i've been in situations where my partner was doing whatever mm-hmm. enjoying themselves posting on social media but it's like all of a sudden i'm not getting a response and like having to reel myself in to be like you need to chill like this is yes. not yeah. this person's problem this is this is your issue yes and calming myself down and being like you'll hear back when you hear back it's all good 
Now, if a pattern starts to emerge, that's a totally different. <laughs> it's yeah. a totally different yes, thing. Yes, yes, that's right? a different thing. But you know, it took me a while, but I eventually got to a point where I, I was able to deal with that and and feel secure in like my partner and and mm-hmm. and our relationship. But it's always when those the relationship itself is fragile when that anxiety really kicks up the most mm-hmm. for those types of interactions. Because mm-hmm. guess what? We're all on our phones. We're all on social media. I work in social media, so I'm on my phone all the time. And it's really difficult, especially when you're in a relationship and you see people sharing things and stuff like that. And you're like, why is this in front of me all the time? Like, I can't even escape it if I want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, What's well, funny? It's, yeah. it's funny. Before I got here, I was um, near the Eaton Center. And um, an intern at Kiss ninety two five was just like, "Hey, uh, can I ask you a couple questions?" Like, sure. And now he's like fishing for something. Uh, I can't remember what he's like. Oh, have you ever done anything crazy? Or who's the sketchiest person you've dated? And I was just like, "I haven't dated anyone <laughs> sketchy." Or I just kept saying no, giving uh, not great answers for him. And then he asked me, um, "What do you say?" He's like, "When would it be okay? Uh, it, would it be okay if your partner slid into someone's DMs?" And I was like, "Oh, that's the, that's a question I end up answering." And I was like. Honestly, it's okay. Depends on the attention. So I was like, it's okay. And it's professionally accepted if you slide into someone's LinkedIn. It's almost, that's actually how you get jobs is mm-hmm. when you slide into someone's DMs and it's a norm. It's like, hey, message this person on LinkedIn because they need to know if you did X, Y, or Z and are applying for a role, you need to be on the radar. Okay, that's fine. You know, and that's one sort of social media outlet. I don't like the way the question was framed. Well, I mean, that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the point of you're trying to figure out like where there's some sort of, I don't know what, it, they're, they're trying to create some conflict out of it, right? They, it's it's for a radio, right? So I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, when would it be acceptable? He's like, when is it not acceptable? And I was like, okay, well, if the intention is, you know, your typical IG DM slide, it's like, honestly, if as long like someone can talk to someone because, you know, it's we don't give everybody everything but it depends again on the intention it's like do you looking for a friend are you looking for something what is not acceptable and it's like oh when it crosses where my line is is if you can start to see it becomes a little bit more almost romantic or whatever we define our relationship as and that's what i'm supposed to be giving or getting from that and it crosses that boundary it's like okay cool now it's not okay yeah because the 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 phrase slide into the dms is socially a particular type of thing it's not mm-hmm. looking for jobs it's not anything like yeah like the way it's used of so course. i don't mm-hmm. like the way that question was framed, i mean that's but I, is, right? I get what they were doing yeah, of course but i agree with you that intention is everything of course first of all i don't know who's d who's dming who right like i i've certainly the type of person that like i don't want to know what your password to your phone is i don't want you to know mine i got nothing to hide i hope you don't either mm-hmm. but i still don't want to know because it's none of my business you go searching you know for dirt you're gonna find <laughs> it it's just it's not worth the energy yeah i mean i'm the opposite it's funny because I, I mean it, i'll preface i haven't been in a long-term relationship in a while but i'd be more than comfortable being like okay cool like again don't be fishing for like i'm not gonna go fishing for dirt but it's like there's almost a comfort and security for me that's like okay cool you can trust me with so, that right and yeah. i'm like cool let me let me give a context a context <laughs> yeah so if you if we're at a party and i want you to go change the song and you need the password to my phone yes hey here's the password yes. if it's can i see your phone so i can just go through your social media mm-hmm. then it's like no Intention. that's not that's not yes. how it works right yes yeah. but yeah like if i'm driving 
I need the song changed. Like, Hey, here's the code. Can you just yes. open it? Like I'm comfortable in that sense, but it's like the, the stuff you start seeing from people. It's like, give me your phone. I've had friends who've been in relationships with, you know, where, where people are like their partners demanding their phone because mm-hmm. there's, there's trust issues there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. that's what I don't want. So when I say, I, I don't want to know yours, I don't want you to know mine. It's in that context. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not in that casual. Like you said, that comfort is really nice to be like, Hey, you can open my phone. Maybe there's a text message there. Maybe there's not, yeah. but I know that you're going to change the song and you're not going to open the message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even that, but that's like one of those things where it's like, I, I, I guess on the other side, it's, I'm giving you my phone because like, I trust that there's nothing there in a sense. And it's like, again, if you go fishing or for whatever it is, again, it's where that person's coming from, what the intention is for that, because I can trust that I can give a person my phone. It's just a matter of like, what exactly are you looking for? Like, are you going to go back to before like you're dating? And that's like, okay, cool. Like this, how did you think we started dating? Or, you know, I had a life before you. So, you Mm -hmm. know, this is our life now. And this is what you're getting. And it's not that we're, we've been transparent about everything to that point. It's like, what are you, again, it's like, what are you looking for if you're looking for something? And yeah. that's a, that's a them thing that they got to figure out. Yeah. That's like a lot of hurt. Yeah. Right. There's a lot that's there. So yeah, it's like, yeah that's, yeah. that's why it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Um, your comment, Sean reminded me of something about like, yeah, I like, I've known people that they would go to their boyfriend and be like, I was going through his phone. And I'm like, why? So what it reminded me of is that when I was younger and even still now, like I always had a lot of guy friends, like rather than girls played a lot of sports, like just like Mm -hmm. late bloomer didn't, wasn't interested in stuff. Like, um, and with being really close with the guys, you'd hear stories about like, oh my God, my girlfriend was doing this. Like she wanted to go through my phone or she's making a big deal out of nothing or blah, 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 blah. All talked about in a really negative way. Mm -hmm. And what I picked up from that was acting that way is not desirable. Asking for their needs to be met is not desirable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it kind of frames your thinking in a way, well, I can't be like that. And so again, when I was talking about like kind of being, you know, you didn't want to be one way, but you didn't want to be the other way. You're like, I don't really know what to do, but just like understanding that people act that way for a reason, mm-hmm. like something's happened to them. They've experienced something. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's an excuse. It's just unfortunate, I would say, yes. but it is on them to like figure that out and kind of reel that in. But it was just interesting how like we were speaking about it so negatively and yet there are some women that I was like, yeah, I've definitely had that moment mm-hmm. or like I felt that way, but didn't say anything because you don't want to be perceived a certain way or because he's going to be like, you're one of the crazy chicks, like mm-hmm. that type of mentality. Of so there's a lot of negativity within that is all I was saying. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's situational to a degree as well, too. Like if trust is broken within the relationship, mm-hmm. that's the type of behavior that to me is a result of the trust being broken in the relationship and the Mm -hmm. conversation needs to be around can this be fixed Mm -hmm. can i move past it that type Mm -hmm. of thing um but when it's a new relationship and it's fresh Mm -hmm. being the older statesman that i am now it's like these types of of things are obvious that the conversation needs to be about what happened that's causing the behavior because let's talk about that 
mm-hmm. and then maybe we can address this what it's led to right because yeah. it's yes. it's the result of something else it's not mm-hmm. the thing causing it of course that's mm-hmm. exactly that's mm-hmm. and that's what it is it's it's always what is the actual root cause of this and why and sometimes it is something like to guess to go back to attachment theory it's like this is where it's actually come from it's come from mm-hmm. your needs not being fulfilled at this age and this is how you learn to cope with things and this mm-hmm. is why this is how you lash out or this is what triggers you when this happens or when your needs are not fulfilled now mm-hmm. right yeah so mm-hmm. so that actually brings me to back to dre actually and so i know for the people listening they might not be familiar with how deep your dive has been with mm-hmm. attachment theory so i know you've shared with petty and i the contrast between your parents mm-hmm. and your attachment needs with each of them so i'd love for you to share yeah so after looking at attachment within like friends and work environments um yeah a lot of it stems from family and like my dad my relationship with my dad was very like unreliable um very inconsistent and so it was like sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not and so you get like used to this addicting kind of push and pull of like when is he gonna be there is he not is he there is he not um And to contrast, like my mom was very much the person that was like always there, kind of like, I got you no matter what, like no matter what you do or anything, like I'm there. And I think because of the inconsistencies with my dad, I really leaned into my mom, but like so heavily that I was just very, I mean, you are dependent on your parents when you're young, but like very, very dependent. Like I remember in school, like, when you'd have like parent teacher conferences and stuff, like some of my teachers were like, she's clingy. Like she's very, very (laughs) clingy. Yeah. Um, you know, because I would just grasp onto something as like your like stability, your stability. Like I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to stick to you. Um, because everything else is chaotic, but in itself, it's also chaotic because there's, you know, being dependent, Um, but still being able to like figure things out on your own and like own sense of self and own sense of self-worth and um, giving that security to yourself. But it was like so much so um, very, very early on. And so I think like this on the one side, it was like very like anxiously attached and on the other side, like not really knowing what's going to come either way, like didn't demonstrate like this is how you cope with things or that you can rely on people um, to be there for you. And so like, I guess that's kind of where I am today. It's like, it makes sense why I have a disorganized attachment style where I kind of have tendencies of both sides. And then it really just depends on like who I'm interacting with and what's going to come out when. That's very deep. That's <laughs> I was just, yeah. I was like, I need a moment to just reflect yeah. on no, that. No, but I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love hearing that experience because mm-hmm. it wasn't mine. And, you know, the, even just through the conversation we've been having this afternoon, for me, I didn't know when we first started kind of where my ang- anxious attachment style came from. I didn't necessarily think that the study applied. But when I hear Dre go through that and tell her side of things, what I'm realizing is like, I'm very attached to my parents and my mom specifically. We have a good relationship. She's always been there. She's always been the person that I can lean on. And when you say things like stability and 
mm-hmm. stuff like that. So do I know that as a child I would have like got really anxious with her not being there? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'm taking from this conversation is actually to ask her what I was like as a kid, because that might be a cue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But at least for now, when I think about my childhood and having that stability, that security, um, that might explain in some sense why I am anxious in relationship now. Mm-hmm. 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 What about you, Patty? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, like, as Sean's explaining that or going, like, talking about it, I'm thinking about myself and what, like, my styles are within my parents because mm-hmm. that, again, I, I think I mentioned earlier, it's like my um, I, I, my learning with attachment theory was more from the theory right. and now I'm like cool. kind of trying to figure out where that these things actually stem from from mm-hmm. my childhood and what like what things I what kind of attachment styles I almost gravitate towards like kind of what you're alluding to it's like oh mm-hmm. like you're with someone who you gravitate to someone very stable because you're trying to find that when because you guys you don't have it where you needed mm-hmm. it right hmm that's so interesting. Yeah. Because I actually feel like, for me, I gravitated to people that were equally insecure. Oh, okay. Because they feel safe. Because they feel familiar. Mm, I know what this yeah. feels like. I, I know yeah. what it feels like. This is very familiar to me. I remember I was thinking about this when I was walking over here, but I met someone when I was in like second year university through work very secure Mm -hmm. and that scared me so much Mm -hmm. i was just like i can't deal with this like this feels not safe yet i feel like it should be safe but it like it wasn't for me and um again in a very avoidant state like he'd be like i want to know more about you and my response was always like why Mm -hmm. and i'd get angry like i could feel it in me like i'd be so angry and i'm like what is he going to do with the information that I share with him? Like, he's always asking about, like, how I was brought up and stuff. And I'm like, what does it matter? Well, one, it matters a lot um, <laughs> <laughs> to understand yourself. Uh, it matters a lot, yes. just to point that out. Um, but I just, like, when I look back at that, like, just how how much hurt and kind of damage there was going on mm-hmm. there and, like, just poor thinking around everything and thinking that everyone was out to get you or going to do something with the information that you share. Um, but like I was more willing to gravitate towards people that I was like, I know they don't really treat me that well, but like going to stay over there Mm -hmm. rather than like lean into this person that was like very willing and wanting to like get to know me for me Mm -hmm. when I just like wasn't, ready to do that i think i think there's a lot there um and actually that does almost help me with my thought process with this too because i think as we were mentioning it's like oh one of the key things with attachment theory is it helps you work with other people understand them Mm -hmm. and i think something yeah you guys kind of both brought up is when they're different or say someone is more secure um how does that person deal with someone who's insecure who's Mm -hmm. less secure avoidant about it and it's like okay that difference like there's a lot of uh say empathy but you guys have to understand each other's perspectives Mm -hmm. and when they don't that's where a lot of the tension or conflict comes from and i think the hard part is that Mm -hmm. it's it's really like you have to be willing to 
either you either have to value the relationship or you have to be willing to see the other side and fully yeah. understand it at that deeper level because mm-hmm. um, kind of what you were mentioning it's like oh there was a secure relationship there but is that how do we interact with that because the goal is to try to be in that kind of place right and when you're in a secure place or in a, in a real secure relationship that you might not have that same understanding and things you might have taken for granted are things that someone who is avoidant or a different type of style is trying to get to mm-hmm. right so you're avoidant now but you actually came from disorganized and that's just the next step for that person where someone secure is like oh you're avoidant like that's not me like i don't want to deal with that so it has to come from like both parties to really mm-hmm. like they have to value the relationship or whatever that is to meet take it on yeah exactly right and do that do that work because that's something i think is super important it's like oh yeah yeah, you can have people who are secure but just they don't feel safe Mm -hmm. in a way and that's like how do we find that and how do we merge the two because i think that's Mm -hmm. where the that's where communication is like key and like it's it's hard because someone who's let's say avoidant speaking to someone who's secure like i think that's like the the secure person could have a very like skewed view of that avoidant person that like oh they don't want to talk they don't want to do these things it's like <laughs> that's not true they don't really know how it's yes. like they want connection they want to be loved but they don't know how to receive it and maybe sometimes they don't even know how to give it mm-hmm. or um like how they don't know how and so if you're a secure person i would and you were willing to take that on because you really valued the relationship like that person needs to like almost just throw stuff at you in a sense and be like does this approach work nope does this one work nope what about this one nope because you're trying to coach them out of their shell yes in a sense right um but you gotta avoid them running away. Yes, yes, that, that's yeah. so, that's a tough balance, that's right? That's the thing. Yeah. Is like, yeah, I, I can try everything. I throw the book at you, but if at some point something hits and you're like, no, I'm done, I'm gone, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter, right? Yes. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's as as, as you were talking about the secure stuff, um, you know, for me, it's funny. Like, I've had conversations with people who are certainly of that avoidant or anxious um, style. And they freeze at the idea of security. Um, and, and you even see it. We were kind of talking about like movies, for example, and how we're brought up. And like there's one person who meets all your needs. Well, what else do we see in media? We see these movies that are glamorized where it's like there's Mr. Perfect and I'm a complete disaster and he's doing everything and like I can't figure out why I can't meet him there and blah, blah, blah. And then a happy ending, they, they meet and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meet you there and then, you know, we live happily ever after. But that's not how it necessarily works in real life. Mm-hmm. So, no. but it's it's interesting though that those types of relationships are very evident in mm-hmm. the media that we, we watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's changing, fortunately. Like mm-hmm. um, I just heard an excerpt from i think it was the movie um i think it's love story i think on netflix yep um scarlett johansson and uh adam driver and marriage story marriage story yeah marriage story it's just like i just heard like what i think was the like climax of it where they're just in an argument about all these things and like i've never watched the movie i heard it's really good and very emotionally driving and just emotional um but hearing the 
argument that they're having. I was like, it's a very real argument. And these two people who, again, I have no context to this. So I'm just hearing them argue and talk about what things one person's getting or what things the other person's getting and the way um, they're bickering at each other. And it's like, you would define that as a very successful relationship. Like the one person I think is a director and they moved to LA and they're, they're in LA for like X amount of years. And it seems like on paper would be the dream, right? They're a couple who's doing X, Y, and Z. And when you hear this argument, you're like, whoa, like, you know, that obviously is nice. And that's kind of something that helps hold things together for as long as it can until it erupts in, in that, in that way. And you're like, Oh, that's like, you know, there's another one too. I haven't watched that one, but I, I've been meaning to. There's another one called uh, Scenes from a Marriage, and that's on Crave. Uh, and it's based off this, I think, 1970s Swedish miniseries. Um, but it's got, uh, I can't remember his name, but the dude was in Star Wars, um, Oscar something, I think. And uh, Oscar Isaac, I think. That's it, yeah. So anyways, it's the same thing, like this like turbulent marriage, like separation, cheating, all all that stuff. And then like reconciliation and things like that. And so you are starting to see these things a bit mm-hmm. more. Fortunately. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I watched, I just finished Insecure, the Issa Rae, mm-hmm. uh, Issa Rae uh, mm-hmm. show, same type of like relationship mm-hmm. issues. Um, so you're right, we're seeing it a bit more and more. Um, that's the reality of it, but right? it's it's and it's mm-hmm. it's nice to see like people have these conflicts and resolve them, and it not just end in some like messy thing or or the relationship is painted as like a p- perfect thing that it's just not. Like these are real relationships with yeah. like real issues that end up like being okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like um, La La Land. Have you guys watched it? I don't know mm-hmm. if you have. No, no, I haven't seen that one. I don't want. Okay, I don't want to ruin it. Like you should watch it, but the way it leaves you is like, I think like you'll, you'll please be the judge of it. Go, go see it. It's just the way the ending is, is like here. It leaves you questioning. It's again, it's not that happy. It's not ever, like, I don't know. I don't want to ruin anything. So but go through it and just be like, okay, cool. This is how the story ends. And you tell me if you feel right with it or not. And that's probably the way, you know, Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's just what I would say. It's not a Disney movie. Such as song and dance. Uh, <laughs> now, what about attachment theory when it comes to workplaces, friendships, things like that? How do you guys feel? Hella anxious. Mm-hmm. Oh. You want to hear about the flip? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely very, very anxious. Um, as someone who ties their whole like identity and self-worth to work, um, you know, I'm looking for that praise. I'm looking for that, you know, pat on the head. And I learned very early on, the more that I got that, the more that I like self-abandon and self-sabotage myself Mm. for that every single time. And that's where, yeah, you got that validation. And so Mm -hmm. even when I was saying, how at the beginning of the pandemic, like I lost my job. I was kind of like, I don't even know who I am. Yeah, like without lost your this, identity too. I lost mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I have no idea. Um, and also like, where do you get that from then? If I'm so used to getting validation from my bosses and peers, whatever it is. And I don't have that. Like, where does that come from then? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like security and a lot of things like, 
and purpose, like where mm-hmm. do those things come from if it's not coming from like your job? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a great employee then is what I heard. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> hey, you did a great job, Dre. And then there's Hustle everything. Culture. Well, that's right. it. Everything's that's done. That's what I was <laughs> going to speak Self-abandonment. Yeah. It's like, cool, this is your life. You know, you need to keep mm-hmm. devoting your life and time to this brand business yeah. and sort of whatever organization. It's like, that's it's dangerous. But that's the culture that we've created as well, right? It's like, Absolutely. oh, here's a pat on the head. Here's something to reinforce, positively reinforce mm-hmm. your worth to this mm-hmm. and then from there like you're right you're like okay i don't need to sleep i can get this done i don't need to do this i can get this done i can yeah right you're willing to you put everything yeah. ahead of yourself yes yes everything. everything and then it becomes the first choice over family and friends so it's not even just you it's other people mm-hmm. and um yeah i really got myself into trouble with like relationships at that point because people are like you can't just expect us to be understanding just because you have work all the time. Like you're not making time. Mm. And like, again, would get like frustrated. I'm like working on my career. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to go take, like take these chances and everything. And they're like, at what expense? Like you don't have a life. You don't sleep. You're crazy stressed. Like when does it end? And where I said it was dangerous is like, if you're working for people that know that about you, they're going to keep fueling you because they benefit. They take advantage. That's why you're they a great employee because it's like, you know, someone who's leading this is like trying to find someone like that who will like it benefits totally, me. Totally, totally. But, you know, that's where I think even now, like depending on who you work for, like they're almost putting those boundaries in place for you. Mm-hmm. Or you work with somebody who has strong boundaries again, that impacts you because you're like, oh, you don't text me at 11 p.m. and expect me to answer. That's cool. Okay. So now I'm, you know, it helps with like a bit of that anxiety. Like I know that that message isn't going to come until the next morning because those are the boundaries that they've put in place for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have that type of issue with work <laughs> <laughs> he's I heard he's not a great employee <laughs> as good an employee yeah. as Dre I'm <laughs> kidding bare minimum you know? um, but I, 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 I think where my curiosity goes is actually why you were seeking out that validation was it absent in other places in your life mm. that type of thing because yes the validation is great but the fact that like it becomes almost like a drug is fueled by something and it's not yes. the work. Yes. Yeah, and I have the answer for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I didn't see that coming. I need the notes. Where's my notepad? <laughs> no, but I've had this conversation with a friend of mine around hustle culture and around like we're very much like cut from the same cloth type of thing. Um, and it stems from trying, you're trying to prove something. You're trying to prove that you're worthy. And that comes back to... Mm. Dad, yes. yes. That comes back to yes. like I mean, not no. feeling enough. You're only here sometimes. Like, is that because of me? Oh, mm. I must mm. not be enough. I must not be worthy of that much time. I must mm. not be worthy mm. of that attention or that love or whatever it is. And so you look elsewhere. So if I'm not getting it there and then these employers are going to give it to me, well, you betcha, like sign me up. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly like where I really leaned into things very, very heavily is because like I crashed and burned in my final year of high school, 
like I I think we've talked about it like mm-hmm. wanting to go to med school and everything and like I did everything I took on everything um did everything plus added like you know, my, my dad and I had kind of reconnected, but it was at a point where like he was getting married again. And so like, that was like very triggering for me. And like all the things that came Mm. with that on top of everything that like, I just, I was completely run down. Like, I remember like I cried like every single day, like I didn't want to get out of bed and my like lifeline, I guess during that moment was to work for my friend's mom at like a corporate company I'd worked there before. So I like went there and I was like, I'm just going to work for the summer and then I'm going to go to an alternative school for a semester and like get up all my grades and everything. And I hated it. Like I had such a terrible attitude going into that place because I was like, what am I doing here? How did I fuck up this badly? Like, I'm not supposed to be in a place like this. Like I'm supposed to be over there with my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, you know, it's not the original. It wasn't the plan. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not part of the plot. The original storyline. It's very Um, linear. Yeah. And so like while I was in school, I was like, you know, I need to start making some money. And that's how I got into hospitality. And it's the same thing with hospitality. Like, again, the better that you showed that you were, the more shifts that you got. Maybe it was like a better section that you got to serve. Mm -hmm. Like it it all kind of came, you know, and then people started to rely on you and you're Mm -hmm. just like, I have to be there. But it's like at the end of the day, you're not trying to save the world. But like I just got so much from that. Mm-hmm. And from hustle culture in general, where it really stemmed from just like trying to prove your self-worth and like people like, let's even say like Drake, like people, their stories come from these kind of like low moments, oh, right? Because they say. use it. We, and this is what I was talking about my friend about. You yes. use it as such a driver. Yes. It dry, it's like it comes from another it, place, yes. like where you're just like. I'm going to do everything because I'm trying to prove like myself to other people. Yes. But now I feel like the like hustle and like proving it, it carries a bit of like a different meaning now. Now, if I'm hustling, it's because like I really want to see something realized that maybe like I've created or means something to me. So it's like the definition has started to change a little bit over the past couple of mm-hmm. years for me. But Which- it definitely stemmed from. Yeah, like self worth. Yeah, and I, you know what? That's I'm like that's there's such there's a lot there mm-hmm. that even it usually comes from something a place of like hurt or yeah. whatever that is. But I think a, a something you mentioned that's actually so important is when it changes because mm-hmm. it doesn't always change for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where it becomes a little bit less healthy, or if that's like probably the yeah. way to describe it is um, is you're not doing it to for the realization that there can be something positive and great for the world it's you're still doing it from that same place mm-hmm. and i feel like that just means you're not actually necessarily learning lessons or you're not getting to the root of it mm-hmm. right and um, i'm glad you mentioned that drake that drake uh, <laughs> as a reference because i know you and i both know a lot of drake lyrics and i think mm-hmm. in his last album it mentions it's like all of these like this stuff comes from the hate or the people who don't who didn't believe Mm -hmm. and it's like oh that's not like i mean seeing where you are now it should almost should have been the opposite where i'm like oh that's the fuel that you still need and Mm -hmm. i mean you know what i can't like discredit that but the same with someone like michael jordan there's stories about him making up things about people so that he could get into the mindset to be like i guess they call it the killer instinct and have that killer mindset against them Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah you're making up stuff and it's kind of it's again, there's a, a line, mm-hmm. right? It's just what, what are you willing to 
cross or go to to mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. right well it certainly um certainly glorifies the hustle culture mm-hmm. but it's interesting hearing dre talk about how that's not appealing to her anymore yeah mm-hmm. yeah right and so i think like it's really easy to look to popular and, and famous people and their stories because guess what a lot of people have that type of story that's yeah. why they're where they are yes but those are the people who made it you don't get to see the people who didn't who crashed and burned in the way that dre was kind of talking about her mm-hmm. high school experience right and so the fact that she's willing to look at things different now wants different for herself like things like that like that's impressive not everybody gets to that place and yes. at her age that's like even more impressive so you know there's there's certainly something to be said for that and and you know what i think that's kind of um yeah to keep to highlight that it's that usually also you know isn't seen in is visual media because Mm -hmm. it's not as exciting as that roller coaster right it's like where does that story end it's like oh she has her boundaries and she said no and then that's, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no conflict and yeah. there's no like, oh, she said yes. And then there was tension and whatever. It's like, yeah, no. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. That's, it's just less of a story and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. but that's almost the healthier thing, right? You're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what, again, what we should be glorifying, but it's l- just not as exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. And not everyone like figures that out too, right? Like, some people just take what's been given to them and let it define them, right? Like those, when you hear those stories where like, yes, they came from a lot of pain or like a rough background or whatever, but they don't do anything about it or they don't use it as a driver to change. Mm -hmm. They just take it and they wear it. And that's unfortunate because, you know, I think that you can change. It takes a lot of work but you can. Well, I mean, you've clearly been putting in the work. Like the, mm-hmm. some of the things that you shared today were really inspiring and interesting and yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good so for you. It's a bumpy road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. No, no that- but it's certainly something that I want to maybe take a bit more time and, and think on for me. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I certainly know coming into the conversation today, I didn't know where to start. Like familiarizing mm-hmm. myself with attachment theory is one thing. Like I'd already mm-hmm. done the test. I'd already read it, uh, you know, attached. I listened to the same Mark Gross podcast mm-hmm. and I sat with it and I was thinking about it. But some of the questions I had coming in, mm-hmm. I don't have anymore. For example, like where I fit on the spectrum, mm-hmm. like do I identify with how the study was conducted, things like that. Mm-hmm. So now I think I have that ammunition mm. that's going to allow me to maybe get a bit deeper and figure out some of these things because mm-hmm. Dre's story, your stories, like they're mm-hmm. they're helpful. Well, it's funny because I know that like part of the work that I want to do, I said I was kind of coming from that theory lens and mm-hmm. seeing others, but I've been meaning to just book something into my therapist and I actually think it's going to be regarding this because it's like oh let's like let's have you help me dig because i clearly am struggling to dig that that as well like let's Mm. let's have that lens and then that's what they're for right that's what they are there for that was my conversation with my therapist this past week was specifically talking about attachment theory and you know going back to some painful places that uh I like to avoid. Yes. Interestingly right. enough, oh, as an I anxious see. person, <laughs> oh. I like to avoid. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that I'm excited to kind of mm-hmm. take that next step. But therapy is a great place mm-hmm. to go go do that. And 
sounds like Dre's been doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean, that's, I think, so important. Again, that's why it's almost easy to have this conversation with you guys uh, because you guys are both actively doing that and seeking those things out. And I know I can tell we like take the time to sit on, is it, mm-hmm. is it me? Is it that person? Like, is it, what is it actually? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you get that, where it's obviously not the norm, at least hope, like not yet. Right mm-hmm. to to that to do that because then it does help all interactions in the mm-hmm. future, right? For mm-hmm. sure, learning, growth, sharing. Mm-hmm. Yep, you guys nailed it. Beautiful. That, you, na- that, you nailed it, Trey. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the off season. Until next time, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode, and don't forget to continue the conversation with us on Instagram at offseason.to. Talk soon.